Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Game night, the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Mark Spector. And this text comes to us out of Turtleford, Saskatchewan. Bob, mock trade. Mark Spector for Drew Remenda as a Tuesday guest. Speck, I, I, I believe you'd be the first to admit you would lo- you know, we'd win that trade, wouldn't we? Well, it depends. Uh, they throw in, they'd have to throw in a first round pick with the, Drew. Or at least a third rounder. <laughs> All right, Tracy Myers. Uh, How about a good sandwich? There we go. Uh, Tracy Myers, <laughs> a uh, prominent Chicago-based media personality, works on some of the NBC broadcasts there. Tracy, how you doing? I am good. How are you guys doing? Good. We're just getting into an animated discussion on how the Edmonton Oilers could miss Alex Dabrinkit, given the fact that he was on Connor McDavid's <laughs> wing. I think you know my. I think you know my feelings on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I think I know most of, uh, well, some of Edmonton's feelings on that one. Yeah, just given the fact what Debrinkit's been able to do down here, for sure. All righty. Uh, tell us about this team. What has sparked this turnaround? The Blackhawks are on a 10-5-3 uh, run over their last 18 games. I, I think it's been a couple of things. Um, you know, that, that much maligned power play, which even during years where they were winning Stanley Cups was terrible, uh, is, is actually converting now, which is uh, surprising for any of us who have covered this team more than two or three years. Uh, you, you've got um, the goaltending, I think, has stabilized a little bit. Colin Delia has certainly helped out in that respect, and, uh, and we talked about it yesterday. They're settled in with Jeremy Colleton. They're, they're past that intro phase. They know what he's looking for. Uh, you know, I think they've found some stabilizing in the lines. Uh, Dylan Strom's addition has been outstanding, not just for the Blackhawks in general, but for Patrick Kane. For Debrinkit, we, we might be mentioning his name a couple times in this discussion today. But um, it, I think it's just been several different things for the Blackhawks that, uh, that it's worked out a lot better in the last couple of weeks. Tracy, I'm told Duncan Keith is playing a lot better lately. Um, I know when you get a, I know if you lose a here in Edmonton, we can tell you if you lose your first number one defenseman, uh, it can really cripple you. When you get a guy like Duncan Keith, who's kind of been in a bit of a lull, when he starts looking more like the old Duncan Keith, 
that's got to be a big reason why these guys have been winning so often. That, that helps. That absolutely does help. And, and I think we saw it kind of at the beginning of the year, too. I, I think he was kind of uh, re-energized from the fact that, uh, you know, he came in, found out that Henry Okiharu was going to be his partner. And, and those two complemented each other, especially in the uh, early weeks. You know, you had the young guy coming up, and, and it was them being able to play together well, but it was also that energy that he brought. And Keith said that earlier in the year. He, he said, you see these kids come in, and you see how excited they are to be here. That kind of gets you going. But no, I, I think especially in in uh, recent games with Keith, you know, maybe getting that break, it never hurts anybody, but especially the longer you've been playing and, and certainly the miles that he's uh, logged over the years. But, uh, yeah, it, it certainly helps that uh, it starts with him and, and he's been leading. I want to circle back to the coaching change because when you have Joel Quenville who was voted by the players, uh, Tracy Myers joining us from NHL.com, uh, you've covered this Hawks team for a long time. Uh, Joel's a, a, a special personality. He was voted the best coach in the league by the players a couple of years ago. And they mm-hmm. go to a very young guy, Jeremy Colleton. Was there some initial struggles, do you think, there? And, and now has maybe that youthful energy maybe played uh, a factor from a positive perspective for Chicago? No, I, I, absolutely, I think so. And, and the other thing was, and maybe maybe even I underestimated it at the time, I, I knew it was going to hurt this team a little bit just in terms of the emotions that they were going to be going through with Quenville being fired because of everything they've been through. I think I underestimated maybe how much, especially among the veterans. I mean, you look at the Duncan Keats and the Brent Seabrooks, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, even Corey Crawford uh, when he was still healthy. These guys went through everything together with Quenville, with you know, building up this team, going through the cups and everything. And so that had to have been a heck of a wrench to, for it to happen when it did. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say it was held against Colleton. I think there just might have been some resistance there for no other reason that they were looking at this guy that they all held in such high regard and thought, okay, hold on, you know, he, he's out because of us and it's not fair. But it, it takes time to get past some, that emotion, and I think the Blackhawks have done that now. And like you said, you, you've got a guy with some different ideas. It takes time to get used to that. You've got a, a younger uh, guy getting his first job at the NHL, and the enthusiasm goes along with that, kind of like the rookie players coming into the NHL and the uh, energy that they can bring. So, yeah, it, it was one of those things. It, it was going to take time. I think it hit them harder right out of the gate than I expected it to, but now they're starting to come around. So, so Chicago, Tracy, is that, that team that they win the three cups. Now they've been hunting around last place. It's the cyclical thing that we've come to expect in the in a mm-hmm. cap system. But does it have to be that way? If, if with, with the benefit of complete hindsight, I mean, you got, you know, Kane and Taze are still both on long-term deals. I know the Seabrook deal's big. Uh, Corey yeah. Crawford's been hurt a lot, concussions. Uh, luckily got out of the HOSA contract. But... If you could do it, if you could GM this team through hindsight, was there a, was there a way to do this so that they wouldn't be in the jam they're in right now? Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm still not I'm still not surprised at the Taves and Kane contracts. I, I think they would have gotten that regardless. Uh, you know, that one, those two, even with the term, it, it didn't surprise me just given where they were when they got them and and what they had done and everything and the possibilities. Um, the Keith contract. You know, that's still, at least in terms of cap hit, is is 
pretty darn good. And, and like you said, you know, you're starting to see the Keith of old. The Seabro contract, you could have, you know, a lesser term would have been a great idea there. Um, I think, and I don't think the Blackhawks are unusual with this. I think too many teams, they want to thank these players who have gotten them through, be it the tough times and, and to the upper echelon and, and to the Stanley Cups. They, they want to forward thank them in terms of, of giving them these longer deals and everything like that. But I think you have to have a better idea on an individual basis of where some of these guys are. So, yeah, there are certainly certain contracts where you could look and say, yeah, this, this guy did so much for us and it's fantastic, but we have to look ahead. Does he have three years left or four years or eight years or what have you? So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where it's the easy hindsight. And we talk about the Seabrook contract all the time. But it's a natural one to look at that hindsight, you know, of the salary, of course, but definitely the term. Tracy, it's interesting. The Blackhawks made a pretty significant trade. What you we, you hit briefly on Dylan Strom because uh, they got Brendan Perlini as well in a deal for Nick Schmaltz. Now Schmaltz has suffered a lower body injury and is gone for the year in Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. And looked in the two games that these two teams played a little earlier in the year, I thought he, you know what, he, he looked a little slow. Uh, I was surprised by his performance. Stroman D. Brinkett uh, kind of recapturing some of that magic they had for Chris Knobloch and Erie. Uh, are, are you surprised what Strom has been able to do given the lack of traction that he had in Arizona? I, I am just just because of that. And, and we all knew when, when Strom came here, you know, one of the big things with him was, okay, he doesn't have the foot speed. Fine. Uh, you know, there, there's enough guys on this team who do, but but where Strom fits so beautifully, one, yeah, you, you've got the natural fit with him and Dabrinkit, uh, but also I think he helps out Patrick Kane very well. You know, he, he's good in the face-off circle. He, he's got pretty good vision. He understands, as pretty much any center who's ever played with Patrick Kane understands, get him the puck. But... Strom is that bigger body who can go and get the puck. And, and Artem Anisimov could do that too. But the difference is, is I think you can move Strom around a little bit more. I think Strom uh, has been more consistent. And, um, you know, those two had a pretty good rapport too. And Strom has also helped out the power play. You know, so, uh, yeah, I didn't expect him to have this impact that he has. And just that based alone, this has been a very good deal for them. Tracy, were you... Uh what was your take when you learned that uh, Stan Bowman had been able to trade the Brandon Manning contract? Um, <laughs> uh, I was surprised, uh, and and nothing against uh, against Brandon Manning, but I, I think we were surprised at the deal in the first place. And and Bowman kind of has this habit sometimes of giving two year deals to guys where you look and you think, okay, maybe one would have been enough there and um i think a big part of it was is you know it it wasn't the greatest deal especially for this team that already had a ton of defensemen and the other part was is is trying to fit him in was just too difficult and so when colleton came in it it became pretty clear off the top that you know what it's not going to work here we have some other guys like the okiharius and everything and then we've got Connor murphy coming back and um, it, it was just a numbers crunch there, but I was surprised when he was able to make that deal. And in a short amount of time, um, you know, Drake Pajula has been all right for this team. So in, in some of these recent deals, I, I like what Bowman's done. 
Uh, I gotta ask you about the fans. Uh, I mean, we just got back. From we just got. We just got you back. We just got back from Montreal. Uh, great experience in that building, as you know. Every time you go there, uh, I would argue that the Montreal Canadiens probably treat other organizations as well. They have a gold standard in terms of how they treat teams when they come in. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that the Chicago Blackhawks organization, under the guidance of Rocky Wirtz, and I met mm-hmm. Bill just before he passed away. Uh, with Cal Nichols back in 2006, but under Rocky Words, it's my belief that the most spoiled fans, or let me, <laughs> let me put that in a, a more positive light, the organization that maybe treats their fans the best, mm-hmm. the Chicago Blackhawks. Would you agree or disagree with that sentiment? I, they've had it very nice the last couple of years. Yeah. There, there's no doubt, and especially like you said, you know the the. Uh, the Bill Wirtz years, there was a lot of angst, especially in the latter years of, of him owning that team. And, uh, you know, this was a city that, you know, I mean, the Bulls were fantastic through the 90s. Uh, the Bears won in 85. The Cubs are always going to be fan favorites. But this was a team that was really dying to have success in hockey again. They, they really just wanted, and, and this is a fantastic market. This is where you want to have success in hockey. Um, so there's no doubt, you know, I still, they, they still get good crowds here, but I still remember the roar of some of those crowds after goals during playoff games, yeah, and, and there's really nothing like that. And the anthem, especially during playoff games. I, I guess, Tracy, where I'm going is in terms of the fan experience in-game, uh, they, you know, they, they might, every time we go there, there's a bobblehead night or a, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, they do a lot of extras for their fans in Chicago. They do, and I think uh, this year that they've started even locker room tours. Uh, so yeah, they they realized that uh, you know that that these fans were very disgruntled for a very long time, and and also enjoyed the fruits of of these fabulous teams, and they want to keep them, and they want them to be happy because, especially in Chicago, you know, there's so many other things to do, and and as soon as one sport, especially if the Bears or Cubs get good the attention might be going away and, and the Blackhawks understand that. And so with this team, especially now with this team kind of hit and miss and, and probably not going to make the playoffs, we'll see. But um, yeah, they, they realize they want to do everything that they can to make these fans happy. So, uh, so they absolutely are intent on doing that. Tracy, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now in Edmonton. All right. Thanks, guys. You bet. That's Tracy Myers from NHL.com. Worked for years on the NBC uh, broadcast and NBCSN, and now uh, mm-hmm. she's uh, writing for the league. Those are pretty good gigs around the league right now, Spec. They yeah, must be paying yeah. pretty Between well. Between the NHL.com and the Athletic, uh, that's where all our members seem to be uh, yeah. heading to. So only, a matter, doing... only a matter of time for you, buddy. No, that's because <laughs> they don't all have as good a gig as I have at Sportsnet.ca, Bob. That's why. Oh, there we go. Uh, hey, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us. For What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen tonight? What I need to see, I think I'd like to see tonight. I'd like to see the Oilers give me uh, give their fans that start that they had in Philly here yep. in Edmonton. What we've seen in Edmonton is a slow starting Oilers team for the past oh month. Uh, if I see a team that's got six shots on net at the end of the first period, you know, I'm not. I will be not impressed. I thought in Philly would they have Bob the first period in Philly? Eighteen. Yeah. Give me, give me double digits in the first period that I know they're engaged and ready to go. That's Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector again for Horse Race. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seen Albert Edmonton in Chicago tonight. NHL uh, today up next with the one and only Brendan Escott. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 150 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. The Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks state Cam Ward against Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot in his career, 6-5-1 at 2.13 goals against average, a 9.33 save percentage. Patrick Kane, 9 goals, 26 points in the last 11 games. I'm wondering, like, how did he get up there so fast? Well, 26 points in 11 games will do it for you. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stopper recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Let's get to NHL today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. And here is Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. It is a jam-packed night in the NHL tonight with 12 games on the schedule. Canadian action has the Canucks visiting Washington, Montreal hosting Anaheim, and Winnipeg entertaining San Jose. Now, you heard it earlier in the show, Pierre Lebrun broke this this morning. Austin Matthews signing a five-year extension with the Leafs. It's about a, a million and a half, or excuse me, 11 and a half million uh, per season over the five years on the cap there. X-rays on Habs forward Paul Byron's arm were negative. He is listed as day-to-day. He will miss tonight's game. The Ducks, meanwhile, activated Ryan Kessler off the injured reserve last night. Winners of 10 in a row, the Bakersfield Condors host the San Jose Barracuda and San Diego Gulls at home on Friday and Saturday. The Oil Kings had their five-game win streak ended last night by the Prince Albert Raiders, 5-1 at Rogers Place. And uh, Brett Leeson picking up a goal and two assists in that one. They're now off until Sunday, Bob, when they host the Regina Pats. And finally, the U of A Golden Bears carry an 18-0-1 streak into their final regular season games this weekend, a home-and-home set against the Calgary Dinos. All right, 152 in Edmonton. Let's go to Listy and Oil. History. It is brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter vacation package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs and vacation dreams. Brennan Escott, back of the studio. What do you got first on this day back in 1991? It was a wild game in Boston. It saw Ken Hodge and Peter Klima each pick up a hat trick. Craig Simpson chipped in with two goals, but it was not enough. The Oilers fall to the Bruins 6-5. to five. That was the year. We discussed this during the summer. I think Ken Hodge Jr. had one of the craziest NHL careers of all time, and I'll tell you why. In 1990-91 with the Boston Bruins, he scored 30 goals and had 59 points in 70 games. Okay? Pretty good, right? 30-goal score, 59 points in 70 games. He only played 72 more games in his NHL career. He scored 30 of his 39 goals that season. As I recall, he was not fleet of foot. He was out of Boston College. 
which probably meant that uh, if he'd come out of there about 15 years later, he would have ended up with the New Jersey Devils organization because they got lots of Boston College guys. But just think about that. A 30-goal season, and you only scored nine more goals in your career. You scored 30 goals in a year in 70 games, and you only play 72 more games. Unbelievable. Uh, Boston, like Edmonton, ended up in the conference finals that year. Boston lost to Pittsburgh. And a former Oiler uh, during the course of that season, Vladimir Ruzichka, ended up having, a, as I recall, a pretty good playoff for Boston. In fact, I think against Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Final, he was actually a uh, star in one of the games. He had played for Edmonton in 89-90, and he just came over too late. Uh, Rizicka was drafted in 82, didn't come into the NHL until he joined the Oilers in 89-90. I remember he scored a goal against Sean Burke, and Burke gave him the what for after the goal. Uh, but uh, Rizicka was part of that Boston team that uh, lost to Pittsburgh in the third round of the playoffs. The Oilers lost in the third round to Minnesota that year. And, of course, Boston and Edmonton in 1990 played in the Stanley Cup final, the fifth and final. Stanley Cup championship for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks tonight, both teams with new coaches. Todd McClellan started the year 9-10-2 in Edmonton. Ken Hitchcock has gone 14-14-3. Joel Quenville started the year 6-6-3 in Chicago. Jeremy Colleton, the former Prince Albert Raider, 14-8-6. Speaking of the PA Raiders, I did come down on a game last night. Uh, bumped into uh, Mark Such. Uh, whose son is on the Edmonton Oil Kings right now, Carter Such. Um, PA was uh, the infinitely better team last night. They won going away 5-1. And as you mentioned, uh, Brett Leeson, a, a sleeper uh, last year that some teams were maybe looking at in the sixth or seventh round, uh, likely to be a first-round pick, uh, led the charge. Oilers are going to need to get her going early here tonight. Going to be intrigued to see how it all uh, ends up playing out. We will have the face-off show at 5.30. And puck drop at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Brendan Escott will be hosting the show. I will be in the air with the Edmonton Oilers flying to Minnesota. Guests on tomorrow's show will include Craig Simpson and Shane Sturette, who's having a tremendous year for the Bakersfield Condors. And he's got one more special guest. And it's big-time guest that he's working on as well. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jayla Nye and Andrew Gross. I'll join you at 5.30. From Studio 99 with Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, and Rob Brown. So long for now from Rogers Place. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.